Hi, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Sports In, where we explore sports beyond the competition arena. And I'm your host, Jesse Marsh. Before we begin, I'd like to give a special shout out to Eric Kasimov and the Sports C Plus team for giving me this opportunity to use this platform to speak with some amazing people in and around sports. First guest ever on the podcast. It's a man doing big things in the basketball world. Dawson Flermon. How are you doing, Dawson? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? Doing all right. Just excited to speak with you today. So I've heard a little bit about your story. Why don't you tell the viewers, you know, where you're from, where you're at now, and what do you do? Well, I'm originally from Haiti. Right now, I'm in New Jersey, and I'm a basketball coach. I'm a skill trainer. Hey, so how did you get into basketball? I got into basketball when my freshman year in high school. I'm a soccer player. So, you know, I started watching the Chicago Bulls which is Michael Jordan. I love the way he was playing. Then I fell in love watching the game. And from there, you know, something hit me. I wanted to be a ball player. So I stopped playing soccer and then I stopped playing basketball. So that was my freshman year. I didn't make the team because I didn't know how to play. So going to my sophomore year, I went and tried for the team and I made it. And not only I make the team, I make the varsity team as a sophomore. And back then, Elizabeth High School, like, they were good. And we had, like, juniors playing JV at that moment. So it took me, like, two and a half months to, like, three months over the summer break. And I started working out my game and, you know, working out five in the morning, spending the whole day, the whole night just working and watching Allen Iverson and Reggie Miller and... And of course, joining videos and stuff, and I start copying the move. And then I went back to school and try out and I make the team. Did your basketball career end in high school or did you play in college? I played one year in college, which is Berkeley College. That's in Worcester, Massachusetts. I played one year and then from that, I had my first baby, you know, my daughter. So it forced me to stop school because my, my son, mom, she wasn't doing too well. So I came back home, got a job, started working at the airport. And then that's when I just gave up playing basketball. Oh, that must have been... How did that feel? You know, you really got into the sport and you were starting to improve a lot. You were able to play throughout high school, make the varsity team, even ended up getting a chance to play in college. How did it feel to, you know, have to stop it so suddenly? It wasn't a good feeling at all. Like, I was upset. I wasn't upset at my son, mom. I was upset at myself because, like, people should tell me stay away from females and focus on what I was doing. And I didn't listen, so I went and did what I did. And then now, it's like, it's a decision I have to make. School or come back home, help my son, mom, with the baby. And me, of course, I'm in love with the game. I'm in love with the, playing basketball, but I wanted to be a good father to my son. So I ended up just leaving school and and came back home and got me a job and, you know, help out, get her own place and do what I can just to be the best father I could be. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of tough decisions as an athlete. And then there's just always, you know, you always want to put the game first, but sometimes there's some stuff that comes before the game that you sometimes you have to put first. And, you know, sometimes you have to put your dreams on hold to pursue other stuff. So. How long did you work? You said you worked in the airport following having your son. 
How long did you work in the airport? Worked there for a good nine months, six to nine months. I wasn't too happy going to work, but I know I was doing it for a purpose. Because, you know, me working there was, I didn't fall in love with it, of course, because basketball is what I want to do. And so every time I go to work, I'm going to tell you a quick story, right? So my schedule used to be like 7 in the morning to 3 p.m. I even work weekends too. The fact that me and my boys, we always play ball at the YMCA. So when I go to work in the weekend, and my boy be calling me like 8 in the morning, they know that I work at the airport. And they're like, yo, the YMCA is packed. There's mad people at the Y, man. Where you at? So man, I'm at work, man. Nah, man, you got, we need you in the team. We, I'm like, yo, I'm at work. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to play sick. So I used to play sick like I'm sick. And they would come all the way to the airport and pick me up and go to the YMCA and just to play ball. You know, every weekend we keep doing the same thing over and over. Then after a while, I said, you know what? I can't be here anymore. I'm making the money to help my son, but that's not what I want to do in life. So I decided to stop working there. And then how long after that did you find yourself back into basketball? I was always playing basketball, even when I was working. You know, after work, I go straight to the YMCA and play ball. I kept myself in shape. From so many times, I'd be trying to stay away from the game. It just, I can't. I can't help it. You know what I mean? Like weekends, weekdays, work, day off. I'm at the gym just playing ball. I'm always playing somewhere. So after I quit the job, a good friend of mine named Stanley, he used to live in Jersey, but he moved to Florida. He gave me a call. He was like, yo, Dale, you should give another chance. I said, nah, I'm done, Stan. He was like, yo, I'm in Orlando, Florida right now. And he go to LA Fitness to do weightlifting. But of course, it's always packed inside our gym. They're playing ball inside. And he was like, yo, I just met like two guys that play overseas and they're getting paid great money. And you way better than them guys. I said, Stan, I don't want to do this no more. Then he was, I'm going to send you a ticket. So he sent me a ticket to go to Florida. And, you know, he was like, you can stay with me. He have family. He have kids. He have a wife. Then he was like, yo, you can stay here for like two or three months. I spoke to an agent for you, and they want to see you. To me, Florida's slow. I don't like the vibes. I ended up staying there for three days. I came back home. <laughs> I came back to come. <laughs> but then after like two or three weeks, he called me again. Yo, damn, the agent just called for you. I told him about it. They want to see you. I'm not standing. I'm not in shape for basketball. And I don't really like Florida like that. Then he was like, yo, come on. You got to do it. Man, I believe in you. So he sent me another ticket. So I went back to Florida again. I mean, once again, I stayed there for a week or two. I came back home. They didn't like it. I'm missing home. I'm missing my boys. I thought I When I was in Florida, I was playing ball. But it's not the same thing as playing back home. It's more competitive here. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, nah, I can't. I can't stay in Florida. So that's my second time, right? So I came back home. Then he hit me up again. He's like, yo, Dale, you have to come back. You got to be patient. I said, Stanley, I have a son. I got, like, daughters. I got to take care of my kids, you know? Yeah, but we're going to help you. Just stay in Florida, man. So he sent another flight tickets again. Went back. Then when I went back, then we start working out. That's when he, he got me a trainer and stuff. And then I finally met the agent. And then the agent, he bring his best player to come compete against me. 
I remember his name. His name was Ike. So he came in. He was the man in Orlando. Everyone scattered him. They scattered playing him, whatever. So when he walked in, and there was like, oh, man, Jersey's inside the gym. And he go, Ike, oh, it's going to be crazy today. Everybody just left the weight room, and they came to the basketball court. So Stanley was like, you're there. That's Ike right there. I'm like, okay, uh, big deal. And they was like, yo, you want to play him? Uh, I'll play him. And then he picked his team, and I just picked up four guys from the gym. And we start competing. Man, I won like nine games. This man won one game. It wasn't a competition for me. Like, the way those five, they was blowing him up, like, he was like, yo, he's the man. It's not the same thing. I just, I, I mean, I'm not trying to make him look bad or say anything bad about him. But that moment, it was like, I'm tired of you or people compare me to this guy. Say, yo, you play like Ike. Ike himself was like, yo, I heard about you. Yo, you're nice. And then from there, just keep working. And I ended up staying in Florida for a good six, nine months out there because the fact that my boy Stanley, he ended up getting me a job. So I was able to save money back home for my kids, whatever. So it was a great time. It was a good time. Yeah. So, I mean, Stanley sounds like a great guy. That's the type of friend you always want to have in your life. You know, the ones that's always pushing you, pushing you to do great things and trying to help you to be able to be the best person yourself, trying to help you live out your dream. So you got that job there in Florida. What was that job that you were doing there? So it was a hotel called Shungle Creek. It was a fancy hotel. And I was doing the banquet setup, do the setup for the weddings and for big parties, whatever. I met, I met Facebook for the first time in my life. I met him there. And it was like, yo, Facebook in time. I'm like, what? <laughs> And he was like, yo, big tip. We're getting a big tip today. You know what I mean? So okay, we get tip out work. <laughs> yeah. Like, then I finally see the man. Like, That's him right there. He was very young. And I was like, whoa. Everyone was just going crazy because he was in the building. And, you know, they're expecting our tip money. You know what I mean? So it was kind of fun working there for a little bit. Did you get into, you know, basketball training in Florida? Or was it back in Jersey? Well, honestly, during the time that I was in Florida, was standing about six months. Every morning, my job was to wake up in the morning, go to the fitness, work out, a two-hour workout in the weight room, two-hour workout, even swimming pool workouts. We did swimming pool workouts, and we did two-hour workout in the gym. So now, while I'm working out, while I was training on my, you know, working on myself, some people would come to the gym and be like, yo, are you a professional player? Yo, are you a coach? I said, nah. And then they was like, Yo, do you mind if my son woke up with you? And I was like, I'm not a trainer, man. I'm not a coach. I'm just working on myself. And then I always come every morning, like 6, 7 in the morning, go straight to the gym and put my headphone on and just start working on my game. Ha, ha, ha. Before you know it, again, they come again. The guy, yo, every time you come here, we'll be watching you working out. I have an 11-year-old kid. Can you work out with you? We pay you. I'm like, nah, nah, you don't got to pay me, but you could bring him. You know what I mean? And I did it because Stanley know that person. He know that guy. When he bring that kid, man, that kid was like freaking 5'11". Like, he was tall. Tall, tall. To this day, me and him still communicate. Whatever. We still talk to, to each other. And then that's how I ended up becoming a trainer. And from there, another person bring their kid, then another person bring their kid. And then when I came back home, and I was like, you know what? 
how she turned into a business. And that's when I called it. At first, I had called it Delson took over the game. So he wasn't Delson training. I didn't know what I was doing yet. You know I mean, I was just playing around with it. And then I got to come up with a name. And I was like, why not call it Delson training stands something else or next level or elite workout? So I came out with Delson training. From that moment, it was go. It was a go time. You know, I didn't look back. It's just crazy how, you know, it's like when you least expect it, you're kind of focusing on, you know, you have your job and you're focusing on training for basketball. And then when you least expect it, someone comes up and then just comes from one, you know, talking to one person. And then now you have a whole business out of it. And, you know, it's pretty successful. And you have over, you know, on Instagram, you have over 250,000 followers. You have over 3 million TikTok likes. So you're doing pretty well. People know who you are. You've built a brand. You've built a community. How does it feel to know that? How long has it been that since you've started doing the skills training? I would say like good 12 years now. Good 12 years. From that moment, I made, I made that decision that I wanted to be a trainer, that I was going to do that. It was like, I give up my sleep for that goal. It was no more hanging out, no more friends. You know, of course, I lost a lot of friends for that because of that. I said, you know what? Anything I do in life, I want to be the best at it. And if I'm not going to try to be the best, I'm not going to do it. It's just wasting my time. So the same way when I used to play soccer, I wanted to be like Pele. The same way when I started playing ball, I want to be like Jordan, Allen Iverson, Reggie Miller. I want to be the best at it. You know what I mean? So I said, if I'm going to be a trainer, I have to give 100%. I can't just do 50-50. So I quit my job at that moment. I was working on Home Depot. When I came back home, well, I was working on Home Depot for two months. Quick. I said, when I went home, I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And from that day, I never looked back. So, you know, it's been, it been a good 12 years now. Mornings, early mornings, late mornings, afternoon, like 12 in the morning workout. You know, the thing is, I get a lot of people that message me from all over the world. They want to know my story. Like, how long did it take you to become successful? How long did it take you to have all this followers? And a lot of them would ask me, do I give classes? Like, do I give classes and stuff? Like, they would pay for me to teach them how to do certain things. And they've been waiting for my story for a long time. So I always tell people, it's just a sacrifice. You got to pick and choose what you want in life. If you're going to do something, just give 100% of it. You know what I mean? So I'm on 24-hour training, man. Like, early this morning, I was up 5 in the morning working out. You know, cold is freezing out here. It's dark outside, and we got in the gym at 5 in the morning, and we start working out, you know? Yeah. I know all about those 5 a.m. workouts. Being a former athlete myself, I know all about those. And it's just amazing, you know? You touched on you want to be the best, and you have to make the sacrifices. You're making the sacrifices when you're, you know, you're playing soccer, you're playing basketball. And now as a trainer, it just shows, you know, how transferable skills that you gain in sports are into your life. That, you know, you can use all these things that you have in sports. Everything that you have from sports, you don't leave it once you're done competing in the sport. You can use it in your life and be successful. And you're the perfect example of that. So you're talking about how you're 24-hour training, like you're getting up. And today you said you got up, you're in 5 a.m. in the gym. Take me through a day of Delson training. Like I was saying, like, when the winter time right now, it's cold, so I'll be up five in the morning, work with different players and stuff. And then 
they go the amazing thing, the most important things. To me, like I've been doing the training thing for so long now that it's not one day I ever sit home or go to the gym with, with a note, say, I'm going to do this drill for five minutes. I'm going to do this. Because most coaches and skill training, that's what they do. Like, for example, I, uh, when I was doing a big camp at home, I was doing a camp with this company called Who Dad Is for Dr. King there. And before the camp, we have meetings and stuff. Every time we go to the meetings, those guys bring their notes and stuff. And they're like, where's your stuff? I'm not, what stuff you talking about? We got to write down, you know, we're going to do this drill for two minutes, for five minutes. I said, I don't know. God just blessed me with a special gift. All my drills is come from the top of my head. Like, I'm going to the gym. I have no clue what I'm about to do. But once I get inside the gym, they start kicking in. They start kicking in. Yeah. It's muscle memory. Yeah. They're like, I mean, new drills. Like, I create my own drills. People used to be like, where do you get your drill from? We go to YouTube, we can't find them. I don't go to YouTube and find drills or copy other people's drills. It just, once I do my first drill, the other one starts kicking in. In the middle of the workout, they're just clicking, clicking. Do this, do that, do that, do that. They're like, man, that's a gift. I'm like, I guess, I, you know, that's what that is. But I never one time write anything down. Not one time for the 12 years. Yeah. All these videos you're seeing, and on Instagram, on YouTube, and TikToks, and Facebook, I do them. So they think that I have a cameraman, too. I don't. I come home. To me, that's the hardest part for me. Because now, the fact that I've been doing the workout training so long, I think that it's easy for me. Sitting home doing videos for hours and hours, and putting footage together, and that's tough. And... Sometimes it'd be like one in the morning, two in the morning, I'm falling asleep like this, like with the iPad in my hand. Just, I got to get it done because I know another two, three hours, I have to leave the house. I got to go to training. Yeah. I think people see, you know, they'll think like, oh, you're just showing up to the court and then you're doing the training and that's all you're doing. You know, there's no preparation. That's what people see on Instagram. They see, you know, doing your drills with your clients, with your players, but they don't see when you're grinding late at night, putting in the work to edit videos, post videos, trying to reach out to clients, you're doing all the marketing, all the behind the scenes stuff. People don't really see that. I think that's the most, and that honestly takes up more time than when you're actually training people. It's the, it's the preparation to train these players effectively. And it's how it is, you know, in any sport. Uh-huh. So, you know, talking about players, if with a lot of followers, you must have some big players that have worked with you. Who are some of the biggest players that you work with right now or have worked with in the past? I work with Jonathan Kumanga. He played for Golden State. He playing with Curry right now. We did, you know, a lot of good workout together. OG Samba, Noah Farrakhan. We've been together for a while, for a good over five years now. Trey Patterson, Marcus Noel. He's doing well right now. He played for Kansas State. He's doing great. Man, so many players, man. Like, I work with many professional players and even the little, like, Simeon. Simeon, that's the one I woke out this morning. He's going North Carolina. Elliot Cato, he just got committed to. Taha Pettiford. Man, so many players I work with. And then these players just find you from, is it just like you work with one player and then they see this player working with you and this guy's improving and they're like, 
Oh, let me reach out to you. Yes. Some of them, yes. And the thing is, Caillou Irving School in Jersey called the Patrick School, TPS. Back then, it's called St. Patrick. Now, it's called the Patrick School. I am the skill trainer for the team. So we only have nothing but elite players. You know what I mean? So I'm in the building with nothing but top-ranked players itching every day. So you know what I mean? So that's how I end up working with Kamanga. I worked with Marcus Noel and Al. Then Noah Farrakhan came from IMG in Florida, and he came here back home because I was there. I'm working with Jalen Grant. He's one of the little top freshmen in the country right now. That boy going to be nice. Magic Mel from the Bronx. His handle is crazy. You know what I mean? Like, the future is bright for my players. I'm excited for them. You know? It's all about getting them kids to school, man, and helping them accomplish their goal and their dream. And if they end up accomplishing their dreams, I'm happy with that. Like, I don't want nothing back from them. I don't want no money. I don't want, I'm like, yo, I was there for you. You should give me a house. You should give me a car. That right there, the fact that I was able to spend time with you for years and months, whatever it is, and I see you on TV, I see you doing well, and you're able to take care of your family, man. Exactly. I am so super happy for that kid, man. Yeah, I think it's so much more than the game. It's just so much more than what they're doing on the court. And I think that's what you're trying to instill in them, which is a great thing. And, you know, as we both know, you know, not everyone of these players is going to make it because, you know, it's a small pool of people who even make it to college. And then you go to professional and then it's even a smaller pool of people. So not everyone that you're going to coach, just inevitably, you know, of course, you'd love to have every guy that you coach go to the NBA, but it's not really possible. So what are some of the things that you try to teach them beyond basketball? or even through basketball, that they can instill into their lives, you know, beyond their playing days? Work hard. Work hard. Even after basketball is over for them, whatever you choose to do in life, you got to give 100%. I mean, honestly, a lot of players come to me. I get a lot of kids all over the world, over the country. But also, when they come to me, a lot of kids don't come back to me because my work is so, like, intense. They're like, oh, what you see on Instagram that's, and IG, that's why when you come here, it's the same thing. It's not, oh, I'm giving you fake posts or something. Yo, let's do a drill for two minutes, let's post it so people can see it, and that's not the workout. No, this is, when you come to the jungle, which I call the jungle, you're going to get that work, man. And a lot of them not built for that. They're not built for that. But I always teach my kids or my players, you got to work hard. I'm a believer in working hard. Because my parents and stuff, you know, they're from Haiti. Watching my mom working hard. She could barely walk. And she's taking the bus to work in the snow. My dad waking up, doing the same thing, working in the factory. And when I was young, I always look up to them. And one time, I was up in the morning doing jump walking. That's the time I was getting ready for high school to play on high school basketball. And my mom said to me, Creole, Ufu, which means, are you crazy? Why are you outside five in the morning jumping? <laughs> you know what I mean? And she at the bus stop. <laughs> and she don't understand what I was trying to be or do. Because they didn't really support basketball because, you know, this was soccer. They didn't know much basketball. Until she started to know a little bit, that's when she started supporting basketball. It hurt me inside to see my mom stand at the bus stop at five in the morning going to work. 
So it motivates me. It motivates me. That's what changed my life. It motivates me to say, I want to retire my mom. I want to give her the best. Because she took me from Haiti with my brothers and sacrificed all her, you know, life, her money, whatever, work hard each and every day and bring me to the, to the United States when I was like nine. And when I got like to like 13, 14, I started understanding life a little bit more. And I was like, nah, that's not fair. She deserves better. I can't allow her to continue to work for six dollars an hour, five dollars an hour. And then it motivated me, man. And from that moment, no matter what pain I go through, I used to wake up six in the morning, one in the hills, and it was like I was refused to lose. If I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go 100 percent I'm not only just doing it for me. You know what I mean? I wanna support my mom, I wanna help, I wanna make her happy. And that was my purpose, man. Like, everyone would say that they're doing it for their kids. Honestly, to this day, my mom passed, like, maybe 10 years ago she passed. To this day, I'm still doing it for her. Because of her, I end up wanting to play basketball. When I found out how much ball players getting paid, I said, nah, if I become an NBA player, I'll be able to do that. If I get a regular job, I can't retire my mom. But if I become an NBA player, oh, they getting paid that much money? All right, let me go for that. That was my motivation. I've never looked back from it. So even to this day, you know, I feed off that. I still make believe that she's still living, like she's here with me. She's still waiting for the she's still waiting for the mansion, for the house. You know what I mean? So it's a passion. You gotta have a passion for what you do in life, man. If you love it, you're gonna give a hundred. If you don't love it, if you're just doing it for the do it, you're gonna give fifty percent. I love what I do. You can call me anytime, any place. I go do it because it's fun to me. Like early this morning, I just posted a video like two hours ago on Instagram. And that was just morning workout. Five in the morning, it's freezing outside, but we're in there, like we working and we're smiling. I'm trying to teach my player, don't think of work. Yes, it's work, but we're going to turn it into fun. Like have fun with the process, man. Yeah. It's like that saying that they, you know, they always say, you know, if you're having fun, you're not working a day in your life. Exactly. And I, I mean, that's thinking. Yeah. I'm working hard, <laughs> but I'm singing, I'm dancing. Yeah. And the father can't help it. He started laughing too. And he started singing too, the dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, he's like, yo, you're the best, dad. I'm like, it's the passion. You got to enjoy it. got to enjoy it, man. And once you're there, what other truth do you have? You got to get the job done. I might be feeling sleepy when my way there. But once I get in there, I'm there now. Let's get it done. Those are the coaches, especially, you know, that inspire you to come back to training when it gets tough, you know. The best coaches I had in swimming was, you know, the coaches that we always had fun, where we were working hard, but we had a great environment. We were having fun. I was having fun and I swam the best. I was, you know, I was still training hard, still waking up at 5.30 in the morning to go to practice, but it made it worthwhile to go there because... I know that we're going to have a good time. I know my coach is going to be motivating me, even though he's going to be giving me some tough love. He's always going to be motivating me. He's going to be in a good mood no matter what's going on in his life, no matter what's going on and anything around them. You know, that's a great thing. And just pivoting off that and just talking about your whole story. You're talking about coming from Haiti, your parents coming from nothing, bringing you to Jersey. And you've had a up and down ride where... You go play, you're playing basketball, you're building, you know, possibly going to have this big career. And then, 
you have a kid and then you have to pivot there, then it takes you while you're still involved in basketball, but it's kind of a hobby. It's kind of second to your job. You know, the most important thing is making money for your kids and making money for your family, sending money to your family. And then now look at where you are. You know, you have this many followers. You're coaching the best players in the country, the future stars that, you know, we're all going to see in the NBA. We're seeing in college basketball. We're seeing in high school basketball. Think about that. How proud are you are of yourself? <laughs> well, I wish my mom would be to be proud of me. You know, like I was saying, like everything I do, I did it for her because she was the reason why I changed sports. You know, like I'm very proud of myself. I don't give myself enough credit because I try to stay humble and continue to work hard because I have a bigger goal just being a trainer. I want to be the first trainer to do a certain thing that never been done before. So I put my goal high. Most people look at me like, oh, he's a trainer. He's a coach. Yeah, that's what they think. And that's what I am too. But I'm also more than that. Like I was saying before, like I see myself, I call myself next McDonald's because, you know, McDonald's all over the world, all over the country. That's where I want to be. I want to have depths and training all over the country one day in the future. If God allowed me to live for a long time, then that's the main goal. It ain't about the money. I want to build an empire and legacy that will last forever. You know what I mean? So until then, I'll be more, wow, more happy. I'm very grateful for the blessing I'm receiving right now. I'm very grateful. But I got a bigger goal than just being where I'm at right now. You can't be too comfortable where you're at right now. There's always more to go, you know, to get. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it is important to be humble, but it's also very important to be able to pat yourself on the back and being like, you know, look what I'm doing. Look at how I'm so much bigger than I ever thought I could be. A decade and a half ago, I never expected to see myself with this following, coaching these players, doing what I love. And another thing that you mentioned was being more than a trainer. That's kind of why I have this platform here. As athletes or as coaches or wherever you are in the sporting world, it shouldn't be you're identified of what you are in the sporting world, but it's identifying you as a human. You know, you're a trainer, but you're also a dad. You're also a son and you're also a husband. You know, those things are important. You're also a mentor. You're so much more than what you're doing as a trainer. Well, that's important because you're not molding just the next big stars, but you're also molding the next bright young men of the future. Right. Yep. You know, I'm excited about the future, man. Like 10 years ago, when I first got on Instagram, my nephews, even my son, they had like maybe like 1,200 followers. In my page, I had like follow myself. I mean, my, my son, <laughs> my daughter follow me. <laughs> and I was like, yo, share my stuff. They're like, dad, my friends are chilly. They're dead. They don't play basketball. I'm like, ah, oh, man. Every day, I'm like, man, I wish I had like 1,000 followers. Yeah, I used to wish that. But then one day, I got it. I said, man, I will never get 10,000 followers. That'd be the day I get 10,000 followers. Before you know it, I got 10,000 followers. And then I said, another goal. I said, man, you think will I ever get 100,000 followers? And from that 10,000, it just took out, go, boom, 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 25, 50, 75, 85. Then I'm like, oh, I might get 100,000. When I get the head, I was happy. That moment, I ain't gonna lie to you. I was like, oh my God, I got 100,000K. Oh, I couldn't believe it. And from that, 
And I start paying attention to the following and just keep going up. You know, now I got 200,061. And, you know, now I said to go for a million. So, you know, God said, if you ask, he give. You just got to ask, man. Ask, but you got to work towards it, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, it's not just setting those goals, but it's working towards those goals and working beyond those goals. And it's just, you know, having that passion for it, having that drive, which is extremely important. Well, so you talked about as what's next is, you know, having that franchise, having, you know, Delson training all over the country. As we're wrapping up, what do you want people to see the day you retire from doing Delson training? You hand over the reins to someone else. What do you want people to remember Delson training as? The best trainer ever, the best CEO, business mind. Like I said, for me to build this franchise, you have to become a big time CEO in the business. So I have like a business mind too. At this moment, I got so many calls from so many companies right now, you know, try to help me build this dream of mine. And I have a few of them. And some of them already start working towards that goal right now. I don't post certain things because, you know, until it's done. But like I said, I'm very happy. I'm excited about the future. And I know it's going to happen. Because one thing, too, when you have a dream, if you work hard, but you're awesome, the best thing, you have to believe. You have to believe it. You know what I mean? And me, if I say I'm going to get something, I'm going to get it. You know what I mean? And that's just who I am. I know I'm going to give a thousand percent. I'm going to find a way. I'm going to do my research. I'm going to put the work in just to get it. And I've been blessed that people reach out to me. And the fact that what I want to accomplish in the future, they want that for me. They already seen it. They want to be a part of it. So I got a few people out there working and there's some big, big projects for me right now. So I'm looking forward to it, man. And I'm excited. So, yes, I want people to know me as the best trainer I've ever done. The best ever. And he took that skill set as a trainer to take it to a whole different level. Become a CEO, big-time CEO in the future. Yeah, and it seems like you're doing the right things. You're surrounding yourself by the right people. You're staying humble. But you're also seeing this big vision for yourself. You're having this great confidence. And you have this great combination of confidence and humility, which is very important and hoping the best for, you know, all the successes in the future. So, you know, as we're wrapping up today, just like to thank everyone for tuning in. It really, really means a lot to me. I'm excited to bring a lot more special content beyond this interview from Delson to you guys and introduce you to some amazing people in the sports world. I really want to show my appreciation to Eric again for providing me with this platform and my family and friends for always supporting my journey. Delson, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I'm sure, you know, after hearing this interview, people are going to want to check out your social media pages. So just tell everyone where we can find you on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube. Instagram, Delson Training. YouTube, Delson Training. Same thing, TikTok, Delson Training. Facebook, same thing. I appreciate you having me. You're going to do great things too. I'm pretty sure you have a bright future in front of you too. So you're doing the right thing, man. I appreciate it. Everyone, you know, just heard it there. Follow Delston on all social platforms. He's doing some great stuff. Check out his videos, his workouts, and ever need a basketball trainer, hit up Delston. Thank you so much, man.
I appreciate you, man. Thank you.